Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Most Serious Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Ms. Sherry Edwards, who's a nutrition coach. She's a master's athlete trainer. She's also a super fit person. Sherry Edwards has been helping people get back into their best shape. She has been helping them to get their diets proper, eat the right foods, get the right nutrients. In this episode, we talk about all of that. We talk about health and nutrition. We talk about sleep. We talk about exercise. We talk about what foods are you eating at? What time are you eating them? Does that affect your whole lifestyle? We also try to answer some questions like is getting into shape achievable for anyone? Do you have to be a very strict disciplinarian when it comes to your diet? What are some basic fundamental principles that you need to follow to get a better lifestyle? We also try to debunk some myths that are constantly associated in this health and nutrition space. I would recommend for you to listen to this episode if you want to improve your physical and mental health. We could not record the video for the whole podcast episode. We lost some video footage due to some technical issues. To listen to the whole podcast episode, you can tune in into any of the platforms like Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The complete episode is available there. I hope you like the conversation today. Let's get into the episode now. Sherry Edwards, it's an honor to meet you. Finally, welcome to the most serious podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I I love the name of your podcast. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> now, just to start this conversation off, and I know you don't like terming food as good and bad, but uh, do you have those uh, midnight cravings, or do you go out for eating those snacks and uh, ordering a pizza maybe at twelve a.m. or are you a hardcore uh, disciplined nutritionist? I am neither this nor <laughs> that. So I sort of eat a very balanced diet. And when I say balanced diet, people are like, "Oh, you must eat really healthy, really well." I'm like, I I don't have a perfect diet. I I don't really believe in a perfect diet. Like as a nutrition coach, I try to do what I preach. So I coach my clients in understanding the basics to um, good nutrition. So, well, what is that? It's it's a varied diet. I don't restrict anything. So that also means I don't restrict cake. I don't restrict chocolate. I don't restrict, you know, um, like Doritos. I absolutely like I, every podcast or everything I've been on. I talk about Doritos because it is literally one of my favorite things to eat. But okay. on the other hand, I also the majority of the foods that I eat are home cooked and. Um, I do eat as fresh as possible. So I tell the people that I work with or my followers to um, just have a varied um, diet, eat, eat the things that you do love, but surround them with whole foods and fresh foods. So to answer your question, do I, do I get the sort of like late night munchies? I go to bed every night at the same time at 10 o'clock and me and my husband will eat at 9 PM every night before we go to bed. That's just sort of the way we do things because I believe in sort of spreading out your your calories or your energy so that you're not starving in the middle of the night. You know, I, I I know people that wake up in the middle of the night hungry or people who wake up in the morning and they're really, really hungry. So I sort of just tend to spread my food out across the day. That would be like a delight to most of the people who are struggling with uh, whatever new nutrition techniques they're trying out. I think they'll be very happy to hear that you can have this uh, these foods and you can balance them out with the whole nutrients that uh, you talked about. So, uh, yeah, yeah, please continue. Sorry, I just wanted to add, it's really important that there there are some 
very misleading information out there, you know, like, okay, obviously if I were to recommend someone to eat processed foods and pizzas and burgers every single day, that's not going to do anything for your health either. That's clearly not what I'm trying to say. I have a balanced diet isn't eat the majority of whole foods. However, saying that it doesn't matter what time of the day you eat. So you do get people that create strict rules saying, you know, I'm not going to eat after six o'clock. A burger is a burger, whether it's 5.59 or 8 p.m. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. The calories of a certain food stays exactly the same no matter what time you eat it. So don't be afraid to eat at night. What what we don't want is mindless snacking where people just sit in front of the TV and they're reaching for the popcorn and then they're eating and they're eating and they're eating, and they're, eating they're eating when they're no longer hungry. So that's what we want to tap into. We want to go, okay, I am eating because I am bored or I'm eating because I'm I've created these habits where I turn on Netflix, I then sit down to eat. So we want to tap into these hunger or or fullness cues that the body is naturally telling you because that is the whole point of having, um, you know, the hormones, they do these natural things to your body so that you can maintain your weight or a healthy level of, of body weight. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to to eat whenever you want to, so long as you're making decent food choices and, you know, just just eating when you are hungry. That's a very interesting point that you uh, took and uh, you mentioned that they, they call it binge watching and then binge eating also. I think they have this That's term right. for it. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to, I want to talk about that also like neuro, they have this psychological explanation to it also that you, you eat it maybe because you, you know, it's kind of like self-loathing and you feel bad about eating it. Then you eat something more and it's that, that sort of psychology. But again, uh, this brings me back to the main question that I wanted to ask is, like these processed foods, they're now at the disposal of everyone probably. And they're very easy to get, I think. And it's really easy to be mindless about your eating habits, I think more than ever. So do you feel about that the same way? Do you think it's tougher in the current timeline, in the current time frame, to be more conscious of the food you eat and the practices that you have? 150%. So the problem we have with processed food is that it's people think that all processed foods are evil. That's that's not the point. Yes, some processed foods will contain less nutrients, but there is, as you know, we've sort of discussed in the beginning, there is no good and bad foods. Food isn't like evil or or yeah. great for you. Food is literally just energy that you put in your body. Sometimes that energy is maybe more beneficial for you, or sometimes it has less nutrients. But I think. When you go down the route of highly um, processed foods that come out of bags, like, okay, take Doritos, for example. It's literally one of my favorite things to eat. <laughs> highly yeah. processed. And it's also very hyper palatable. So that means that when you eat one, you can't just <laughs> eat one. You eat two, you eat three, and you smash yeah. the whole bag. And you're like, oh, my word, I've just smashed 900 calories of Doritos, and I am still not even full. Whereas if you were to eat a bowl of oatmeal and some, some yogurt and some berries, you're actually going to feel very, very full. So yes, it's very difficult to control your food cravings when you're around, you know, modern society. Like you look everywhere. If you're on social media, you've got beautiful, sexy photos of food. And then someone else is eating something that looks beautiful or, or like a picture of like a cookie or something baked and it's oozing with chocolate. It looks beautiful. And then when you eat it, it's hyper palatable. So being able to eat a little bit makes it very, very difficult. And as you say, 
in the current situation that we are in now, you know, people sort of living in and out of the pandemic, you're forgetting that we crave things and we like to feel good when we do things. So you get the hedonic pleasures of food. So you eat something and then you eat and it tastes amazing. And if you have a good relationship with food, you'll go, wow, that tasted amazing. Let's put that where it is and then get on with life. If you don't have a good relationship with food, what happens is that you go, wow, I'm a terrible person. I probably just gained loads of weight. I'm a failure. I feel terrible. What do I do? How do I fix that feeling? Oh, I know. Eating more creates this pleasurable feeling, but it's only for maybe a minute or two. And then you go through this binge cycle of eating and feeling terrible, eating and feeling terrible. And it that that is extremely heartbreaking when you see somebody go through that because that cycle needs to be broken. And, and it's, it's a very, very difficult process to go through. So that's why I sort of talk to people a lot about being aware of where you are, how you feel. You know, it's not just, we, we, know, we know that a bowl of salad is probably going to be better than a bowl of Doritos. Yet sometimes when we're in a bad place emotionally, we reach for things that give us pleasure because, yeah. because it gives us instant pleasure basically. This 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 has been like true for most of the domains also. Like if food and health is like nutrition is like the most primary part of our being, I guess. But uh, we see people all around us struggling with, uh, let's say, the instant gratification part of things. You know, everyone wants immediate results. Let me just hop onto this project and then get eventually so big, so famous yeah, immediately. So as uh, as this progresses, how do you see uh, how do you see the human race going through? this change because uh, i believe like from your from your childhood also it has like evolved rapidly and probably in the next 10 years it will change more rapidly so what do you think where do we go from here i am hoping that we as humans learn to go back to our roots so okay noticing things that the body naturally is designed to make you notice. So we go back to hormones. The hormones will tell us when to feel sleepy, when to wake up. Um, You know, we've got like natural circadian rhythms in the body. And then you have hormones that tell you when you're hungry. You have hormones that are released to tell you to stop eating because you should feel full. When, let's just say we didn't have television and we didn't have social media and we didn't look at all of these foods, beautiful pictures of food. We didn't have advertisements on TV. And let's just say we didn't have processed food that tasted amazing. And we would just eat to stay alive. And we would stop because we are no longer full. That is really, that's sort of like the basis of of human survival, right? It's we, we should only eat when we need it and we should stop when we don't. But we do the things that we do because, as I said, we live in a modern society and I'm probably one of the most guilty people. I absolutely love food. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm from, from Bangkok. So similar to, yeah. you know, where, where you are, like food is bright, food is beautiful, food smells nice. It's so pungent. So not only does it like attack all of your senses, like your sights, your smells, everything, it, it just tastes nice. So we want more of it. So it's okay to want food and to really enjoy food, but just sort of being a little bit more aware of how how much our senses are are sort of like being attacked on a daily basis. Maybe just <laughs> yeah. scale scale back a little bit. You know, we don't we need to, we don't need to look at bright colored foods all the time. We don't need to 
to like taste amazing things all the time. We don't need to feel very full. We definitely don't need to feel very full. Did did Sherry Edwards have had this all of enlightenment with food and nutrition right at the beginning, or did you struggle with it? When did this journey start? This journey started, um, I suppose, as a nutrition coach. Like it is a, a very newfound thing for me, and I, for for most of my life, I would just eat when I wanted to eat. I didn't yeah. just eat when I was hungry. I would eat when I was bored. I would eat when I was angry. I would eat when I was emotional. I like, I really have spent most of my life eating food, um, as a, a, a pleasurable experience. And I like the way food looks and I like cute, you know, presentable things on it. Like I, it's just <laughs> what I do. And I, and I cook as well. I cook and I bake and it's just something that I really do enjoy. So I get the struggles, but I think as a nutrition coach, I also understand the importance of teaching people to tap into those natural um, bodily cues and and knowing sort of, okay, we we eat because we enjoy food and that's totally okay, but maybe stop when we are no longer really hungry. So when you get to the point of being full, we don't need to eat anymore. The food is going to be there. You know, if you've baked a piece of cake, eat a piece. And if you're no longer hungry, then you don't need to eat it again. The rest is still going to be there tomorrow. There's no need to eat more than what your body needs to eat, basically. You think like this whole regime that you uh, kind of explained it so naturally, and it seems a lot, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Also, it seems like, you know, this this, this could be the right path and it, it sounds super easy. But uh, again, like if, uh, if a person is struggling with this, they know that I, I made a productive plan. Okay, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to keep track of my calories. But when it comes to at the deciding point, you know, when I have that uh, extra piece of uh, slice of pizza left and I, and I just can't control my cravings. So at that point, do you have, uh, do you have a conscious thought process that you tell yourself or is it a discipline, disciplinary habit that develops over time? So how would you, how would you go about telling someone, how do you develop this patience or this mindfulness? So that's, those are some excellent questions. As you are in something, as soon as something is happening to you, it's very difficult to stop it. So this yeah. is why the mindfulness needs to happen before the process. So mm. habits are fantastic because they are there to save you time and energy. So you don't have to think your brain isn't constantly like having to think about things all the time. Habits are created so that they're shortcuts. Basically yeah. we do a and B habit uh, B happens, you know, so that's, that's basically a habit loop. But sometimes we create habits that are not healthy or not good for the goals that we want to get to. So for someone who likes to eat food and then five minutes later, they look down and they're like, oh, the food's already gone. How I coach my clients is I use a few different coaching methods. So one of them is to eat slowly. And for someone who really does enjoy the taste of food and the experience of eating, that's going to be difficult. And as we've just said, habits take time. Habits are hard to break, but if you create good habits, good habits are also hard to break, right? But it also means that you have to do it enough times until it gets your body gets used to it so you no longer have to think about it. So eating slowly means feeling every single bite, feeling the food on your tongue, in your mouth, on your palate, and tasting all of them, and maybe even taking a moment to go, wow, okay, I can smell some cumin, I can sense some coriander, 
all of that, like as if you're wine tasting your food, put your, your spoon and your fork and all of that down for a moment in between the bites. And then before you move on to the next bite, make sure that you finish everything in your mouth, then do that. Another really good um, habit I try to get people to do is, aside from eating slowly, is to eat to what they consider 80% full. And the way we do that is, it's going to take some practice because sometimes you're like, I'm not really sure what that means. You eat to feeling really, really stuffed. So what I tell my clients is, eat your meal super slowly. And when there's still a little bit of food left on your plate, drink a glass of water, stand up and see how you feel. And then if you're still hungry, then by all means, eat it. And the process of eating slowly and, you know, letting your body process all of that. Again, we go back to when your when your nose smells the food and it wafts back up through the body, hormones are released so that you can then digest all of that. And then as it goes and travels through your digestive system, you also get hormones released telling your body, okay. I've had some food. I am full now. But what happens is that when we eat, 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 the hormones don't get to catch up with us. And then you don't get to feel full when your body is physically full. There's sort of like a little bit of a delay in that message. So the eating slowly is, is super helpful. That's uh, that's a practical advice. I think it can be implemented in your lifestyle. But again, it takes patience. It takes time. And uh, the bit that I like the most is like... Uh, get aware about the process before the process actually begins, because it's really tough to then bring yourself out of the whole sphere and then make those decisions because once you are in it, then yeah. So, so as you say, it's hard when you're already eating something, especially something that is very hyper palatable and you're hungry, you just want to sit down and eat. So before you sit down and eat, or as you're walking into the kitchen and you're reaching into the kitchen cabinet for a bag of chocolate or whatever it is, just go, okay, I'm reaching in for a bag of chocolate. I know I'm going to eat it. Does this align with my goals? And sometimes the answer might be, it doesn't align with my goals and I want to eat it anyway. That's okay. But you've taken a moment to process that information as opposed to it just being on habit loop and an automatic brain movement where you're just grabbing the chocolate and it goes straight in. Grab the chocolate, think about what you're about to eat, have one, see how you feel about it, eat slowly, mm. right? It it does, it's hard. It's very difficult, especially very if you're hard, someone yeah. who doesn't have a good relationship with food, but it, it it is possible to change. You just have to bring awareness to it, just practicing mindfulness when you can. There's something that I see often in my lifestyle also, and I see it around people. So uh, everyone now, mostly like, do you believe in the concept of having food, giving the time to food? As you mentioned, I, I believe you totally do that. You take time out and you actually enjoy that food. You spend time with it. And then you, as you said, you know, wine tasting is a very passive activity. You spend time with it. You get into the zone of it. Now, most of the people and most of the times me as well, I try to maybe start a Netflix uh, show while watching something or maybe watch a YouTube video while my breakfast. So how unhealthy is that habit? Also, what, what does it do to my eating habits? Because I can't now just sit and eat by myself. I can't enjoy the taste of food because I'll feel bored when I'll try to do that. So is that, is that the part of uh, a discipline that, you, like, again, you have to develop it over time? Or is this something that's okay? Like you can eat food while watching TV or maybe something. So that's a really good question. Sometimes the fast eaters are the ones that are the most distracted. You know, the joke that they say, like, 
I didn't get closure on that last piece of chocolate because you don't realize you're eating it, right? Because you're mm-hmm. watching TV or you're on your phone and you're, you know, like scrolling through social media feeds and all of that. So I do tell people if that is an exercise that they need to do and I feel they would benefit from it, I do say, okay, pause, turn everything off. Don't even do your work by the computer or nothing at all, just your food and your spoon and your fork and that's it. Just eat and eat slowly. That way you can actually experience the the whole process of eating your food and really enjoying it. Um, What I would also say is, again, depending on each individual, sometimes it doesn't matter to them. Like I actually do enjoy my sort of Netflix at night and my bowl of yogurt. So that doesn't affect me. But I will say for sure, I can see a pattern there. I do just scoff down the food pretty quickly (laughs) because you're not paying attention to the food. So yes, that's definitely one of those things that, that you can watch out for as a trigger. Also, this uh, when I was going through all of your work that you've done, and uh, you have you mentioned this as you know, uh, some foods are when you term a food, then then it becomes uh, like a really dangerous line to walk on because then you feel guilty about eating some foods, and you feel maybe let's say overexcited about eating some foods. And food is just food; you label it, and then you maybe kind of uh, make a situation for it for yourself. But still, again, it comes back to this, like when I, when someone eats, maybe let's say a chocolate or uh, they, they are on a, some diet, I, I'm not very much aware about the diets that they have now. It's, there are so many diets uh, that people have come up with. Many gurus have come. So uh, people get really guilty about uh, the food that they just ate. And uh, then they again uh, feel in a very depreciated sort of manner. They think that all of my hard work is done. Maybe uh, I went for, to the gym, but I just ate this bag of chips. So now does that actually impact as much as the psychology uh, is impacting because since they are feeling like really down after eating that bag of chips and they just worked out so how much of it is uh, actually hurting them and how much are they hurting themselves they are hurting themselves more by thinking about how much damage they did than the actual damage right so i always give this example if you spent the whole week eating burgers and, you know, McDonald's and and all sorts of hyper, super processed stuff every single day. And then you sat down for one meal and you ate spinach. Do you think that one meal of spinach is going to undo what you've just done to your body for the whole week? Probably not. People understand when I give them that example, but then when you switch it around and you say, okay, you spent the whole week eating processed food and you ate really well, but then all of a sudden on one meal, you sit down and you eat a whole bag of chips. Do you think that's going to undo your process? It won't. It absolutely will not. But people can't get that out of their head. So it's what I call like catastrophizing. It's like overthinking about what you've done. You haven't damaged your body at all. And I can promise you, you have not. But another thing to think about is that when people eat that way, they step on the scale the next day. They step Mm. on the scale because they want to know what damage they've done. And you know what? The weight has gone up by loads. But the weight that's gone up is not fat. I can promise you that the weight is water weight from the amount of carbohydrates that you've consumed from all the sodium from maybe all the beer and all of that that you've been eating in the last 24 hours. It has not ruined your progress. So don't worry about it just because you've spent maybe a day eating something just get straight back on what it can do to someone psychologically is if you think that you've done something bad, and then you're like, Oh, well, you fall on, you've fallen off the wagon. I might as well just continue to eat bad. And that's where you get the sort of 
Friday evening, then Saturday, then Sunday, and then diet starts again on Monday. In that case, you're sort of, you are then yo-yo dieting. You're going in and out. So I would say have fun, try to stay as consistent as you can. And if you feel like one or two meals over the weekend is going to throw you off, it's absolutely fine. So, uh, like also again, uh, this, uh, this is something, uh, maybe you should, should people consider going to, uh, an expert to find this out, but how do you actually know, actually know that you're healthy and you're on the right track to your life and uh, you're doing the right habits and you're taking care of yourself. So in order to see whether a person is making the right choices or not, um, I think it depends on each individual, but if you just wanted to know if you were eating well enough and you felt good, I think the best way to track that progress is to look at how well you're sleeping, what your mood is like and what your energy is like. People think that tracking with a bathroom scale is going to change things. It is not. It doesn't matter how much you weigh um, within reason. If you're incredibly underweight or if you are incredibly overweight, obviously these issues might need to um, you know, be seen with from a, a professional person. Yeah. Um, but I think it doesn't really matter if you feel good in yourself. If you have loads of energy, you can walk up a flight of stairs without feeling too tired. You are sleeping well, so no broken sleep. You're able to sleep as soon as you go to bed. And your mood is steady. And those are really the only things we need to know. Ideally, you want to be making better food choices as well. And what that means is making sure that you're eating the rainbow. So eating fresh colored, um, bright colored vegetables and fruit and, you know, your grains, your whole grains and, and minimizing processed food when you can. Let's talk about sleep, Sherry. You, you mentioned that uh, going to sleep as soon as you hit the bed. So could you talk a little more, more about that and uh, how can people actually achieve it? And how do you achieve it if you do, maybe? So I do a few exercises with my clients. So a few things, I'll sort of give them like a checklist. So I'll say, for example, minimize caffeine in the uh, four to six hours coming up to bedtime. An hour before bedtime, I ask them to dim all of the lights to avoid any screen time. So any TV, if you can, but definitely no um, phones no computers. So you're not sort of like too stressed out about work or all of that stuff. You can leave that behind. And then when you go to your bedroom, if you can control it, try to keep the temperature nice and cool, have a thin blanket. And for me personally, I actually turn on a sleep cast. So a sleep podcast for me every night, and yeah. that helps me to, to fall asleep. So it just, it just depends on each individual really. But those things are are pretty helpful to most of my clients that do struggle to fall asleep. I also really liked your quote and I read it on your website that uh, work with your body and not fight against it. I want you to elaborate on that because I found it really moving when I, as soon as I read it. And I think most of us are struggling because we are pushing ourselves so much and you know, it's, it's, it's like the culture is to just push your body against its limits and just, you know, don't be at rest. Don't be natural. Just keep trying to be some sort of an unnatural beast. I don't know. So could you elaborate on how do you work with your body and not fight against it consciously? Absolutely. Um, so we look at, we go to modern society and we look at other people that are more successful than us in, in every area of our lives. So I might look at a mother who I feel is a better mother than I am, or I might look at a, another business owner who is more successful than me or an athlete that has a better physique than me. We always look at other people and we compare ourselves and we say, I wish it could be like that. But 
you're not, you're not them. And that doesn't mean that you are not as good as them. It literally just means you are genetically made different. So whatever you have given, so I have short legs. It's just the way I was made. I have short (laughs) legs, but I have strong thighs. It's the way that I have been made. You know, it's, it's the genetics that I got from my parents work with your body. Meaning just take what works for you and, and work with it. Don't, don't force yourself to train seven days a week and hope for thinner thighs because it's not going to be healthy for your physical body or for your mental health and, and work with your body, meaning just take what you have and, and realize that, that your body is doing its absolute best to, to keep you alive and, and love it for what it is. Stop hating on your body, basically. You do get a lot of body dysmorphia where it doesn't matter how thin a person is or how muscular a person is. They don't look at themselves with love. They look at themselves as flaws. So take a moment and just step back and then just look back at how much progress you have made and, and appreciate what your body has, has done for you. That's a very positive way to, to put it. And also, I think uh, it it kind of serves the purpose of being healthy. So being healthy, uh, in my opinion, is also not pushing yourself to the ultimate limits and then ultimately wearing your body out. And I think it's, it's about that healthy lifestyle that you feel light, you feel good about yourself, you feel every moment, you know, with that, with that consciousness, with that mindfulness. So I think that's a very positive take that you had. And I really resonated with that quote. Yeah. Also, I wanted to uh, let your uh, little. I wanted to know your opinion about the fundamental health habits. People always like to go through big routines, big diets, and maybe do this, do that. But what are some essential fundamental health habits that they ignore and they they don't uh, understand them enough, or they maybe don't give them as much as attention that is required. So do you think there are fundamental health habits that people have been just ignoring and they're blatantly going to the things that require so much of of work and uh, they're not seeing results or they're not happy with themselves? I think that people don't rest enough and I am equally as guilty right? Because we're always feeling like we're treading water. We're always feeling like there's so much work to do. There's so much, so many responsibilities as, you know, whatever, whether you are a student or you are a parent or you're a grandparent, it doesn't matter. We always feel like there is so much to do and we put so much pressure on ourselves. So I always tell people that the most basic fundamental thing that we forget is to just pause, is to just stop for a moment um, and, and to just you know, take everything in and and yeah. rest, you know, the, the things, the things that everybody can do, but finds mm. incredibly hard to do is sit and breathe for five minutes, meditate yeah. for five minutes, go to bed on time, make sure you're getting a minimum of seven hours of sleep every night. These are things that are really easy to do, but at the same time, very, very difficult to do because you know, I go back to modern society. We want to just wake up and just be on the go. We want to just work. We want to be as efficient as possible. And I think that that is missing. I think that if we could all take a moment, even if it's just five minutes of breathing exercise, meditation, or any kind of mindfulness, um, that it would actually make a huge difference to our mental health and therefore our physical health. That's some sagely advice from the expert. I I wanted to know that are there some common myths that your clients also encounter or you see 
in people around you that uh, when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to a healthy lifestyle so uh, like the myth you busted about uh, eating one bad meal and then feeling guilty about it for the rest of the week so let's say do you think there are some major uh, myths that surround this nutrition space that people often don't know about unless and until some expert tells them or they find it out for themselves yes so um the one that we discussed earlier as well is eating at night makes you fat that's 100% not true okay. um you also get carbs make you fat again that's not true fats make you fat that's not true either so there's <laughs> no so if if i should break it down really um in simple terms there is no one magical food that makes you fat and there is no one magical food that makes you skinny there's no yeah. such thing as a sort of you know food type that will make you gain weight or will make you lose weight um food again we go back to energy is just literal energy so if you consume more energy than you use that's when you gain weight if you take in less energy than you consume then yeah. you lose if you consume the same amount of energy that you do expend then you maintain weight so essentially it doesn't matter what macronutrient you consume whether it's protein or it's carbs or it's fats it if you eat a certain amount of of um calories and and yeah. it, you know it's all about energy balance basically so yeah <laughs> that's what people sometimes often unconsciously struggle with also like uh, you know sometimes it seems so easy that you don't want to believe it like the things that you mentioned like fundamental eating habits or maybe sleeping habits and sitting in silence for 5 minutes just breathing they seem so easy yeah. and and you feel like they won't work man okay this, this is this is just so easy and uh, i don't think this is going to show me any results so that brings us to the uh, thing that you know people just want to see results and they don't want to do the stuff and this sounds easy so they don't think that this will maybe change my life or something that's right we we overlook the simplicity right but it's actually results are made in the simplicity you are actually you you grow as a person if you can sit in the moments of simplicity so eating your food slowly tasting your food having a balanced diet eating fun foods but also surrounding the fun foods with whole foods going to bed on time getting enough rest trying not to stress um either keeping a journal or meditating these are actually really basic things but nobody as you say exactly nobody wants to believe them because people are like no that's not true it's got to be you've got to train 7 <laughs> days a week and you've got to sleep five at 5 hours a night and that's how you see results like actually that's not how you see results so if every single person had a good relationship with food and they stopped eating when they were full and they got enough sleep and they weren't overstressed weren't overworked and they exercised some not too much not too little then we would all be healthy but the problem is that we can't find that balance because because there's so much going there's so much you know pressure on 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 humans and uh, as parents as people whatever workers that we 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 forget to focus on the basic fundamentals and the basic fundamentals are enough to keep us very healthy i think this uh, whatever this uh, serves whatever value this serves to my audience it has served more value to me because i now know that <laughs> i have that assurance of okay you know you just focus on the fundamental stuff and the, the body will take care of itself so uh, again uh, sherry uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and i really appreciate your time and you gave like so much wisdom that we will unpack it as i go through my life and this brings us to the end of this really awesome episode of the most serious podcast
I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it did add some value in your life. We will be back again with another interesting conversation pretty soon. 